This episode is sponsored by Audible. Get a free audiobook of your choice that you get to keep with their free trial. You can learn more at lutherancartographer.com slash audible. The Lutheran Cartographer, episode 70. Welcome to The Lutheran Cartographer, the podcast where we explore what it's like to be Lutheran in different places. I'm your host, Nicholas Weber. Today we are going to Grass Valley, California to talk to Pastor Dwayne Bomsch of Grace Lutheran Church. Pastor Bomsch, welcome to the show. Thank you. So great to be with you today. Help orient us geographically. We're out on the West Coast in California. Where's Grass Valley? If uh, if you're in Sacramento and you head due east on I-80 uh, on your way to Lake Tahoe, um, about halfway there, you'll take a left in Auburn. Um, we're in the foothills of the Sierra Nevadas, just 20 minutes north of, of I-80, 2,500 feet of altitude. So uh, if we'd like to head down to Sacramento, it's an hour away. If we want to go to Lake Tahoe, it's just over an hour away. Uh, just, below the, just below the snow line uh, come wintertime. That sounds like it's a good position to be. And where's Sacramento exactly? Is it like halfway down the state? Yeah, we're it's considered Northern California. So uh, if you know where San Francisco is, uh, north and west of San Francisco, uh, Sacramento is right in the Central Valley. Uh, if, if we left from our house and headed due west, it's 200 miles to the, to the coast. Okay, got it. Good deal. Tell us a little bit about yourself and how you came there. I am a uh, uh, born and bred Texan, so it's a little bit weird um, talking to people um, where when they ask you, you know, where are you from? And there's this existential crisis that you have for a moment saying that, um, well, uh, Texas is home, but I'm in California so, and um, do I say that I live in Grass Valley or do I say I'm a Texan? Because, you know, you know how Texans are. That's just how you are. So um, I grew up in Texas, lived in Texas, served in Texas. And then um, in 2014, was called to a parish in um, Central California and served down there for four years. And then in uh um, October of, of 2018 was called to uh, Grace in Grass Valley and been here ever since. Excellent. So tell us a little bit more about some of the best things about Grass Valley. The nice thing about Grass Valley, uh, again, is that we're, you know, we're 2,500 feet of altitude. So in the wintertime, you know, we might get three or four inches of snow, but it's usually gone the next day or so. So we, we do experience the seasons, and it's, it's uh, wonderful weather a lot of times. There is so much to see and do nearby. I mean, the beach, the beach is about you know, four hours away, 200 miles. Um, but again, Lake Tahoe is just over an hour east of us. There's hiking. There's um, just here in town the Empire Mine State Park, um, get kind of, because we're really close to Sutter's Mill, you know, the, the 49ers in San Francisco, right? 
Um, so the discovery of gold was really close by here. So there's a deep, deep history of mining. There's a deep history of, of Cornish miners. Um, and usually in, in normal times, <laughs> there's always uh, Cornish Christmas uh, here in town. Nevada City is a little town next door to us, about four miles away. Um, they're, they're Christmas time, they're Victorian Christmas. And again, all the mining things that are going on. Um, the Transcontinental Railroad comes through here at Donner Summit. And okay, this is where you can have all of your cannibalism jokes, everyone, uh, about <laughs> Donner Lake. Donner State Park and Donner Summit there and, and the train tunnels, uh, which are, are, are really another fun little hiking place there to see as well. So there's you know tons of things to see and to do in nature. The Pacific Crest Trail trailhead is uh, right there at, at Donner Summit. Um, again, uh, hiking, mountain biking, Farmers markets, all, all of those those sorts of things. Small town feel, you know, twelve thousand people in town, so it, it isn't super crazy. Um, you get to see a lot of the same faces um, a lot of times, you know, for good or ill, depending on who they are and and who you're into. So uh, makes it fun. Great. What are some of the challenges about being in the area? Some of the yeah, our congregation is located. Um, literally next door to the high school or we share a property line with the high school. And one thing that we, that members of our congregation did a number of years ago, like a dozen years ago was, was to open a uh, high school hangout. So kids after school, they could come over uh, into our, our, our parish hall or our social hall and, and, and have a place to relax, have, you know, some snacks and drinks, play some pool board games, video games, do their homework, that sort of thing, just a sort of decompression zone away from school. And, you know, we've had some good success with that, but we've had a really hard time advertising that in the high school. The, the principal of the high school has been very reticent uh, and has actively given us pushback against advertising that simply because we're located at a church. You know, we don't have Bible study for them. We don't proselytize. We don't, you know, none of that. If they ask a question, we'll answer it. But there's no active engagement about the faith uh, because in that setting, we know that's not the place. So there's there's some active resistance there. Um, <laughs> the, one, the one time that I had a real active pushback myself um it, you know it's an interesting town because you you may you may be able to walk into the grocery store and somebody will buy your groceries for you you know or somebody will just you know really look at you sideways especially if you're you're in clergy wear right um and so i went into the local um co-op grocery which tends to lean more to the left side of the spectrum and a little more to the, the hippie vegan, that sort of side, if you, you know, if you're aware of the, the, that sort of polarity. And it was one of the only places in town where you could get a tape for the, the brew fest. 
And so I went in to get a ticket for the brew fest because as one does in craft beer land, that's what you do. Uh, and I asked the lady behind the counter if I could get a ticket. I needed one ticket to the brew fest. And she just laughed out loud, burst out laughing and gave me this look of like, who do you think you are? Coming in here in, in clergy wear, asking for a proof fest ticket. Um, it, it was it was kind of strange. It was the very first time that something so odd had happened to me. You know, I again Texas. I my my last parish in Texas was close to San Antonio. Uh, San Antonio is a very you know rich Roman Catholic history, and if I had a hospital visit in San Antonio, it was not uncommon to have five, six, seven, almost every man who was wearing a hat tip his hat as I walked by down, down the halls of the hospital. Um, here it's a completely foreign thing. Um, at least they know what the uniform means, nearly all of them. Uh, but it's still, it's still a, it's still a bit foreign. There's a lot of Buddhist people up here as a retreat and like an Ayurveda retreat. Um, on the other side of Nevada City, uh, that that you you get kind of a lot of that sort of crystals and n uh, natural sort of animistic religion almost here that uh, really has come in over over the last couple of decades. That it uh, it makes it a bit of a challenge sometimes to to break through the noise. Absolutely. Let's talk a little bit more about that religious noise. What is it like to be Lutheran there? We've talked about how people aren't really familiar with the caller or derided or find it strange. What's it like for your congregants and for you? Tell us a little bit more about that. Um, our parish is where we are located now is actually sort of a, a third site. Um, been there since the, the 60s. Uh, the original site of the parish was out in, uh, well, it was St. Paul's Lutheran Church, Chicago Park. Uh, we still have a cemetery out at the old site. And it was, you know, 20 minutes out of town. There were a lot of families were congregated around there, and that's where the church kind of grew up. But then there was this, this mission into Grass Valley. And a church was was planted, and then moved in the '60s to the to the to the, the current site, and then, you know, through a whole host of, of things of people moving into town from out in Chicago Park to to the the our actual the the church building, Mother's Day, 1971. The original church building burned to the ground. Kids were inside playing with matches, and uh, they burned that down. And so. Everyone consolidated at, at Grace and Grass Valley. So, you know, you had that sort of um, community that was there that was built up and then moved in, into town. And there is an ELCA church in town. Um, and there's us. We've got Episcopalians. We've got some, some Baptists and some um, generic uh, non-denominational evangelical congregations as well. There's a, there's a synagogue. Uh, a small Jewish synagogue too, but there is there is a a bit of a recognition of the faith community, the the Christian community, people of faith in town. Um, but a lot of a lot of town is a lot of the, the folks around here are able to compartmentalize that. 
my wife works in retail downtown and, and she is really the only person in the entire shop who is um, a regular practicing faithful Christian. Um, a lot of, she works with a lot of, of just unbelievers or, uh, and nuns and, um, disgruntled former, um, Christians. So it's interesting to see how, you know, she really isn't, she's able to navigate that. Um, and it doesn't really cause a problem in that setting because they kind of know her as the, as, as a fellow, fellow employee. Um, but, you know, sort of just going out into the, into the community there, it can be a little, it's kind of hard to make some contact there because there's this whole thing about organized religion that, that people seem to have glommed onto in recent years. is just really, um, it really throws up a barrier until you're, until you're able to break through. Absolutely. Yeah, that's some lingo that we used before we started recording, but we should bring our listeners on board with it as well. When you talk about your wife working with nuns, you're not talking about Roman Catholic nuns, are you? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, right. Right. Those who have no religious affiliation. So yeah, if you say, what is your religion? And they will say none. N-O-N-E. Correct. Yes. Great. So let's talk now about what it's like to raise a family there. You mentioned the high school, the public high school being right next door. What's the atmosphere like for families? The, it, it's, our, our town has kind of had this really gradual shift. We've moved away from our high school, which is next door to us, used to be around 2,000 students, and it's down to about 1,300, upper 1,200s now. And that's been kind of this long, slow shift. Um, most of our membership growth in our congregation in the last couple of years has come from Bay Area retirees who have moved up here. So, you know, they, they make their, their living down in the Bay Area, Silicon Valley, all of that. They uh, retire from there and move away from uh, high cost uh, San Francisco's you know, Silicon Valley up into for them, what is relatively cheaper, um, the Sierra foothills. And, and so we see a big influx of that. And what that tends to do is bring, um, in some sense, some of that, that Bay area values and Bay area mindset up into, into the foothills. And it, especially in recent years, what that's done is really drive up and drive out, um, younger families because just for prices, you know, homes are the home housing market has just gone crazy. So there's a, there's a very long, slow, steady decline in younger families with kids, uh, and an increase, you know, commensurate increase in, uh, retirees, uh, in that, that age range. So when you have kids, and you plug them into what, what's there. You know, we had, when we moved here, our daughter was a senior, our son was a junior in high school. And, and they were able to make their way. They were able to kind of, to work their way in. They're both choir geeks and, and just fit right into that, uh, into that setting. But there was also, they definitely noticed the lack of a strong faith community among a lot of their classmates. 
So they were somewhat um, islands at the same time. You know, they were connected through drama and through choir and, and, and music and, and those sorts of things, but they weren't really super connected beyond that because there wasn't that much more in common. Um, and granted, a senior coming in and a junior, they didn't have the time to build those long-term relationships there, but, but it was a definite shift, um, from, from other areas where we've lived. I see. Let's take a moment for a word from our sponsor. Folks, if you like podcasts, you will enjoy Audible. It's a service that gives you a audiobook to listen to each month of your choice from a large library. And they want to get you started with a free trial offer that includes an audiobook that you get to keep. So go to lutheranchartographer.com slash audible to get your free audiobook and start your free trial today. If you're not sure what book to check out, I recommend taking a look at Pastor Jonathan Fisk's Broken, Seven Christian Rules That Every Christian Should Break As Often As Possible. This was recently released on Audible. I'm very excited about it. In the book, Pastor Fisk goes through the classic pitfalls of moralism, mysticism, and rationalism, as well as several others. Check it out at lutheranchartographer.com slash audible. Let's get back to our guest. Let's talk a little bit more about the overall culture of the area. Early on in our conversation, you mentioned this mining history and this almost pioneer settler mindset. And then later on, we've been talking about the sort of more 60s kind of hippie, granola, whatever you want to call that at the co-op. And now we're talking about the more almost technocratic kind of Bay Area, Silicon Valley culture. How do those work themselves out? And does any one of those, have we missed any of the major cultural aspects? And which one of those do you think predominates? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, there, it's, it's really an interesting, um, it's an interesting thing to watch because, you know, the last year has really kind of stripped away a lot of the veneer, um, with, with the, uh, the COVID crisis and all of that and, uh, businesses being closed and all that too. Our, uh, you know, our down is, you know, it's old time downtown, you know, hundred year old buildings and more 150 year old buildings. You know, you don't walk into a building and expect cell service because, you know, they're three foot thick brick buildings and they're insulated with, with soil and packed in in the roof to, you know, for, for warmth and such. It's, it's really, it's, it was really cool to see downtown. Uh, but at the same time, it's, it's really, it's kind of throwback to those pioneer days that kind of that rugged individualism, uh, making your own way kind of a thing. And so you've got, you've kind of got that, that sort of hippie vibe coming up to enjoy that sort of, um, you know, what we used to see on vacation kind of thing in the pioneer days, but now we're trying to make it our own. And then you have the, the, the longtime business owners who've been here who, who want to kind of do things. And so, uh, we've had this, this kind of ongoing feud between the, um, you have to be safe people versus the, you can't close my business people. And, you know, there's a couple of, a couple of, uh, there's like, there's a cafe in town that, 
They've just been flouting everything for the last year um, because, you know, it's their God given right to, to get out there. And then, you know, we had uh, we did have um, a lot of of for a period last summer, there were a lot of BLM marches and there were a lot of folks who. In Grass Valley, which is kind of strange. You know, granted, there were some people who were bussed in, uh, but there's a lot of kind of the the makeup of a lot of those of those um, marches were tended to be you know older older folks who were residents up here. So there's there's kind of this resonance of you know we want to we want to be connected to the wider zeitgeist of of society that's going on, but at the same time you know. Um, there, there's a, there's a bit of a derision, um, about the flatlanders, you know, the people who live down the hill that, uh, so usually when everything's okay and everything is normal, everybody gets along because it, it is such a nice place to be. Um, but there's been a lot of friction in the last year just because of, national events and, and, and COVID and all of those things have sort of brought some things to a head. So, um, yeah, it, everybody can get along as long as everything's okay. But when things get a little wonky, it, you know, it, you got to scratch the itch, I think. I see. Let's talk a little bit more about the coronavirus and the COVID lockdowns. Uh, in other places of the country, we've we've heard about California and how draconian the approach has been. What's it been like out in Grass Valley? You've mentioned the, the one cafe that's not going to shut down for anything. What's it been like for you and for your congregation? Yeah, it, um, <clears throat> we, was it March 17? Last, last year was our, our last Sunday. Um, you know, I, I keep a, I keep a journal, you know, one of these five-year journals. So yeah, as you go through it and then you just look at last year, last couple of years entries for that day. And it was, it was interesting. I, did, I had to go back and look and see you know, what was happening. What did I think was happening in the, in those days as we were shutting down? And, and, you know, my wife was, was out of work for about six weeks. Her business closed completely for, for those six weeks. And then they started reopening on a limited basis as things were, um, the first thing started to happen, um, you know, essential retail and, you know, those sorts of things. We were closed from March, um, through the end of May. I believe it was Pentecost Sunday was our first Sunday back after, after the lockdown. And, and there it was, you know, even there it was minimal. You weren't, we weren't supposed to sing or any of that stuff, but, um, we, uh, you know, our congregation is a very vocal and singing congregation. So for about 90% of the congregation, it was non-negotiable. We were going to sing. Um, and so we have had a few families who we have not seen in over a year. Hmm. Um, we've had a live stream going since, you know, I did, I did a live stream from my from my living room for the first several weeks until uh, we got back in the building. Because um, at first, you know, we had no idea what was going on at first. Nobody knew really what was going on at first. Uh, but then as, as things went on, it was more and more people who were, um, we need to not, we need to not be 
bowing to this. We know how to be how to be safe based on what we've already been told. And and so we were back in the building for a while and, and until the, the lockdown again last fall, was it? Um, when we were back out again and then we were back in again. Um, but, uh, you know, we kept, we kept it up, but if we were in the building, um, we were singing, we were doing it, you know, everything else we could, we had, we changed the way people moved in the building. There were people, you know, people were wearing masks and all this. Um, but, um, you know, we, we kept at it and it, you know, it, it was really rough for a few months. Like I'm sure every other congregation you talked to, that was, they had a bit of a challenge. Um, but, uh, but like I say, on the whole, we've had positive experience in the end in that we are just past a year on almost everyone is back that we've, we've seen and that, that are members. There's, there's still a few who are, who are, are holding out for a bit, but, um, you know, in, in, in time, I'm sure they'll, they'll be back with us as well. Yeah. Let's turn to happier things. If someone was coming into Grass Valley, what would you recommend that they check out? Restaurants, activities, what would you say? Got to go do this. Oh, well, um, if you want to know about mining, the Empire Mine is the place to go. Um, the original mine shaft is still there. You can, you can, uh, there was a plan a number of years ago to pump a lot of the water out of the mine so that you could ride the original, you know, cable cars down into the mine for a ways and, and at least to the first level of tunnels. Uh, but that, that got shut down, but you can still see that and the carts that went down in there's blacksmithing demonstrations, the tour of the whole area. Um, there's like seven or eight miles of hiking trails around the mine, uh, park. Uh, so that's one thing that, that you definitely have to do. Um, the South Yuba river, um, is, is nearby. And that, that is a place that, uh, at certain parts in the summer, the, the local highway patrol posts, um, their, their notices about, please do not park on the road, uh, because it gets that busy, but it's just, you know, again, it's, it's one of those beautiful places to, to see and to visit. Um, again, Donner summit, uh, the train tunnels, which are, you know, granted it's, it's, it's an hour away, but, um, it's one of those things that if you've not visited the transcontinental railroad, if you haven't been across, uh, the summit of, of the Sierras, you know, that's, it's a great place. It's right off the freeway, right off of I 80 and super easy to get to, um, all again, all of the hiking mountain biking nearby there, there are trails, just all over the place, uh, up and around here, just north of, or just east of Nevada City. If you want to stay in town, um, there are two really big landmark hotels who've just finished, like within the last two months, just finished major renovations. The the shutdown actually helped them, I think, because uh, that there were, that work was being done when nobody was able to to be there. Uh, the Holbrook Hotel here in Grass Valley, the National Hotel in Nevada City, um, both you know, built around the same time, they're historic, 
uh, buildings, uh, bar and restaurant inside, um, just gorgeous, gorgeous buildings. Both of them right downtown in Holbrook, right downtown in Grass Valley, the National and downtown in Nevada City. Um, if you want to camp instead, you want to you bring your, your camper, the uh, in-town campground, which is right between our, our two towns, is a, is a great place to stay. And if you're looking for, for eats and drinks, um, our, local, our local brewery, uh, Grass Valley Brewing Company, um, they've got a little uh, restaurant attached to them, which is, is a great place for, for all of their, uh, their beers. And um, my sort of home away from home uh, is uh, the Thirsty Barrel Tap House and Grill. Um, I usually spend Friday afternoons uh, parked at the table there uh, writing. That's what I'm doing. Uh, that's my <laughs> kind of my my sermon writing um, office uh, away from from town. So those those are two two fun spots uh, to visit. Our congregation had a um, up until you know the shutdown. We had a, a table talk we first Monday of every month, and, and we were alternating between Grass Valley Brewing and, and the Thirsty Barrel as our, our site to gather. And, and uh, one of those fun little ways that we could sort of be, be in the community and have, have folks see us without being too, uh, you know, too overt about anything. So that was always, was always a fun thing. So that you know, seeing, doing, staying, uh, eating, a um, couple other places in town, one of the, one of the great places that's been closed for a while but is reopening, uh, uh, Serenos, if you like Italian, uh, they're going to open back up here with, uh, by May 13th, I think is their new day. Um, and lots of little eateries and things are, they closed off the main street downtown. Um, when, when COVID hit to kind of make that sort of an outdoor boulevard, outdoor park kind of area, outdoor mall. Um, and the city just voted to leave it that way. So all of the restaurants have, have their outdoor dining set up and a lot of the shops. So it's a great little place to, originally they were calling it to, to it's mill street. So you could mill around downtown. Um, so lots of shops. My wife works at Yuba blue. It's a little shop retail boutique down there. And there's the, the ice cream shop and other restaurants. Uh, Booktown books is down there. There's a couple of record shops and clothing and, uh, just a great little place to come and visit. Excellent. As we start to close out the podcast, I want to make tr- sure to give you the opportunity to point our listeners where you'd like, your church's website, places to follow you online. Where would you like to point our listeners? Uh, our website is gracelutherangv.org. Uh, gracelutherangv.org. That takes you to our website. Uh, we do have a Facebook page. Our, our, we've been streaming our Sunday services on on Facebook live, um, and then we also have a, a YouTube channel that we post them to later. Um, Grace, I think it's Grace Lutheran GV Media, um, and that's really the the big places to find us. They're on the website and on Facebook. Fantastic! Thanks so much for your time today. What are your parting thoughts for our listeners? It seems to be a new day, right? <laughs> you know, we're we're kind of moving out of things. It is the Easter season, the third uh, the third week of Easter. Uh, we're still basking in the glow of the resurrection and the promise of of a bodily life 
uh, everlasting with our risen and, and living Lord. And so as wonderful and as glorious as our town and the things to see and do are, uh, we still look forward to that, uh, that yet more glorious day, uh, the day when our Lord uh, gathers us together into his eternity, where we live with him, uh, angels and archangels and all the company of heaven in that glorious, glorious eternity he's prepared. And until that day, we take, we, we take uh, uh, comfort and have confidence in the fact that, that because he lives, we live again. And therefore, we're able to, to go out into this world that may or may not like us um, in, in peace and in joy, uh, for, for we are the Lord's. Amen. Thank you again. God's peace. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for listening to The Lutheran Cartographer. For more about the things that we talked about today, visit the show notes page at lutherancartographer.com slash 70. I encourage you to check out that Audible offer. That's at lutherancartographer.com slash audible to get a free audiobook of your choice with their free trial offer. Until next time, I'm Nicholas Weber. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you soon.